This is episode 25 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Welcome back to the Kindred Mom Podcast. It has been a few weeks since you've heard from me, and it was not a break that I planned, so I apologize for those of you who have been waiting on the edge of your seats for the next episode to be released. I know you've been checking your phone every day for one, right? Maybe you haven't, but I still wanted to catch you up with where I have been. October brought with it some challenges that made it difficult for me to finish the episodes I had been working on. I had a hiccup with my recording service one day, my husband took a week-long international trip for work, and I was home with my six little people. Then we had a week of illness blow through the house, and it was not easy for me to circle back around to the show. I mention this because it has been a humbling month for me, one that has had me in a reflective space about how I can continue to do this endeavor that I enjoy with the knowledge that despite my best efforts and my desire to march on no matter what, sometimes the wise choice is to slow down and take care of the most important things. Letting the podcast go for these few challenging weeks was a small victory for me. I am the queen of muscling through stuff, even if it's at the expense of other important things. But this time, I stepped back, even though it was really hard to do. One thing I've learned about myself is that my creative life is flexible, and it can adapt to the needs of my family as long as I'm holding it with open hands. Flexibility means that I'm not afraid to be humbled, to exercise patience, to press pause on things so that I can be present when my family needs me. Today's episode is a different format from previous episodes. I roped two sweet friends into a conversation about consistency as a parent, and we drew inspiration from questions shared on a thread in the Kindred Mom Facebook group. I thought this was a really fun way to explore this topic, and I hope you enjoy it. I want to give special thanks to Robin Chapman, Christy Lynn Reddy, Sarah Capri, and the other awesome mamas who shared their questions with us. We didn't have enough time to talk about everything I wanted to from that thread, but it was a really enjoyable experience to have audience input that prompted this conversation. My guests today are Jennifer Van Winkle, mama of three kids. She's got twin four-year-old boys and a one-year-old girl. And then my friend Lynn Patty, who is a mama of four kids, ranging in age from age one to 10 years old, plus her fifth baby who is due early next year. Let's get started. Well, we're going to do an extra special episode today where we have not one guest, but two guests on at the same time. And we're going to be talking about consistency, which is an overarching idea. And we'll probably talk about a couple of different things under that umbrella. Um, so I'd love to welcome Jenny and Lynn, who are both members of the Kindred Mom team. Jenny, say hello. Hello. It's nice to be here. And Lynn, we'd love to hear you too. Hello. Um, So we thought it would be exciting to just get together in a group conversation to talk about consistency. We put out um, a request for people's questions on our Kindred Mom Facebook group a little bit earlier today. And uh, we're just going to get started by talking about some of the the main ways that consistency is a part of our lives or needs to be a part of our lives or in some cases is not a part of our lives. So um, 
I would love to know if one of you gals have a question from that thread on our Facebook group that you'd love to begin with. I just want to jump right in and just go for the jugular here because there was one question about discipline and that's kind of like not fun necessarily to talk about, (laughs) but Robin on the thread just said, how do you remain consistent and disciplined in the little years? There are so many people, so many disciplinary requirements. So you guys, um, both have, let's see, you've got some four-year-olds and some littler ones than that too. How do you remain consistent and disciplined? Well, for me, I think consistency has to do with so much more than um, like parsing out how do we deal with a child and their misbehavior. I think about how am I doing? Like, am I centered? Am I patient? Am I able Mm. to just approach them with gentleness? Um, Which is not always the case. Sometimes I can be a real zinger of a mom. And uh, especially lately, it's been kind of hard to like not yell because there's just noise in my house and, you know, a six little personalities running around all wanting to do different things and make different messes. Um, I would say that consistency and discipline is not happening entirely, um, which Mm -hmm. is just my honest confession. Um, The one thing that I'm really working on is even if I can't follow up on every single behavior and settle every single sibling, you know, bickering match, Mm -hmm. that whatever I do decide to engage with, that I just do that with a gentle spirit as much as I can. Now I have, mm-hmm. I am struggling with it if I'm really honest, but, um, that's my goal. I think it's a good point though, Em, to just remind moms of little ones that maybe consistency can't be necessarily a thing yeah. in discipline when yeah. they're so little yeah. because, you know, month to month they change, they develop, they get new skills physically, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well now she can reach the sink mm-hmm. or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, And so I think that's just a really good thing to kind of hold above the conversation in general about discipline is just like, yeah, it's just, it's hard to do when they're so little consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that, with, with the whole idea of, and I just feel like this topic is, is one that I think people can really feel insecure really fast because it's like you wanting to be a mom that's, that's demonstrating consistency for your kids because you understand that consistency is something that is important for kids to thrive and, and to set them up for success. If they understand what the parameters are, Mm -hmm. then they can, then they, then they kind of know what the line is. Of course, they're still going to push the line, but they know, they know what the, what the parameters are. And, and so that's, it's, it's important of course to be consistent, but I feel like with that topic, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out if I can't like make, make this happen exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and so I guess I just really want to reiterate, as you said, Emily, that it's just kind of like, we are going to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and we're not always going to be consistent, but the heart in wanting to provide, you know, such a loving Mm -hmm. and nurturing place for our kids is, you know, that's, that's the first and foremost thing. And, you know, when I, when I, when I think about consistency in my home sometimes, and I feel like I'm at the, you know, the very, very last, yeah. <laughs> last little, um, morsel of yeah. patience yeah. or whatever that I have. Mm-hmm. 
that I, I kind of just treat everything very robotic and it's like, mm-hmm. well, here, here are the, here are the parameters. Yeah. And if you haven't, you know, adhered, you know, if you're, you're operating outside of those, then, you know, these are the natural consequences. And it seems like homogenous in, yeah. in a way where it's just like kind of batch processing these, mm-hmm. these things, but it's like, <laughs> but, but in, in reality, it's just like, but that's kind of life, you know, where it's like, if you, if you speed, you get a speeding ticket. Yeah. If you, you know, there are all kinds of natural consequences that we all have to adhere to. So, and I think what you're saying, and I'll just say this from a different angle is that, you know, there are ways that if we're looking at the issue of consistency, I think it's important to be consistent in our pursuit of connection with our kids and trying to see what the underlying issues are if they continue to act out in a certain way or have, you know, troubles in a certain area that are just not changing, especially over time, that there might be something under the surface that we're missing or not quite cluing into. I feel like the the challenge to be consistent really is a, a challenge to be paying attention and be aware of their needs. And I may not actually hand down the same consequences for the same behavior mm-hmm. every time because mm-hmm. one time it may not be the appropriate response um, or it may be better for me to just draw close to a child and really try to totally. tease out what the underlying issue is. Yeah, that was a pretty consistent <laughs> consistent thread uh, (laughs) on the thread, which was saying, but what about, you know, kids with different personalities and stuff like that? And it really is, I mean, I mean, all of our kids have different personalities, but like, it really is a good point to bring up that you you really, it it needs to be consistent within your relationship with one child Mm -hmm. because it will, it will totally change. And there are definitely times in our home where someone will squawk because somebody got a punishment that was different than what they got or something like that. And my answer is, yeah, he's a different person than you, or she's a different person than you. And and this is, you know, it just, I think it's okay for kids to understand that mom will respond differently to the, to the different needs of her children. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are all different people and we do get different treatments sometimes. And I think that that would be hard for me as a kid, if I'm reflecting on how I grew up and I'd be like, well, I got that punishment a whole lot worse than Mm. whoever seemed like they were doing the same thing. But, you know, we can't really see past our own worldview at a certain age. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also really important to remember as parents, because kids can push your buttons because they seem to be doing the same kind of infractions all the Mm -hmm. time. And, you know, to be consistent with taking care of those, those infractions that seem to go over and over and over. And it's just like, why can't you understand that you need to just stop doing this? And it's like, because they don't have a fully functioning brain yet. So you have to remember that. Yeah, Yeah, there was another question from Sarah Capri uh, on the thread. And she was talking about how we define or redefine fair between children if there's Um, you know, some discrepancy between what one child feels is fair in a situation. And so let's talk about that. What does fairness look like in your homes? Well, for me, I mean, I struggle with this sometimes Mm -hmm. because I'm such a black and white person that fair is fair. And when she was saying fair can equal the same, that's my tendency is as a black and white person is like, well, you got this level of discipline. so your brother should get the same mm-hmm. level of discipline and it's really hard for me to to say that the circumstances are different or the or the people are different but i feel like when i am 
more present and patient in the situation Mm -hmm. and trying to deal with it, I will try to just have a conversation with, with the kids together. You know, I have twins, so it's a lot of times they're, they're, they're right alongside each other anyway. But if we can just like make it into a teaching moment where detail out a story Mm -hmm. and recount the events as you have seen them and invite the kids to participate with that whole thing Mm -hmm. too, then it's kind of a natural medium for you to kind of weigh out what is fair and for one person might be a little bit different for another person. Yeah. But I feel like the the patience and having the ability to just talk it out yeah. is really important. Yeah. And I'm wondering if in her question, like we have started this conversation talking about discipline, but I think in this question as a mother of a large family that we're also talking about fairness. Like one person got to go to you mm-hmm. know, a, mm. something fun with yeah. a friend. And then when does the other person get to go? Kids start keeping score of what mm-hmm. they did or didn't get. And it can be a real challenge for parents that have multiple kids, especially if they're not the same age. Because I think, you know, having twins has its own set of challenges and benefits. <laughs> um, yeah. But I would absolutely not handle a situation the same with my nine-year-old old as I would my three-year-old. And um, so seeing the the differences in wanting each child to feel that they are loved and that they're uh, receiving attention and that the extra special things that are happening with one or another child in the family, um, that that's something we just talk openly about. And I think fairness, in all honesty, is really overrated I I think that children need our attention and our care and um, like we should be able to talk to them about how they're feeling, but to just acknowledge that sometimes there are opportunities that aren't available to every child at that time, that one friend received a birthday party invitation and the other child doesn't have one of those waiting for them and Uh um, being able to deal with disappointment and things like that in a just forthcoming conversational way I think can be really helpful. Well, I, let's move on to a different topic. How do we not sweat the small stuff consistently? You know, um, as moms, we have a, a billion moving parts every single day and it is easy to sweat the small stuff. I can raise my hand and say I'm totally guilty of that. But consistently, how do we show our attitudes to be that? It's not a big deal. We're going to get through it. How do you guys deal with that? Well, I have to say a lot of times I will disengage from the crazy. (laughs) Um, Like if there's a lot of commotion and there's a lot of energy and noise and the kids are excited or they're, you know, they have a a number of messes out around the house and um, it can be really challenging to kind of see all of the activity going on and not let that really grate on me and make me anxious. And oh my gosh, this is going to be a giant mess that we're going to have to clean up later. The way that I have dealt with that is I try to draw my kids in on the small stuff with me. So I just say to them, you know, can everybody see what a disaster our upstairs is right now? And we all have to work together at getting it back to some semblance of order, which for me works best if it's before a mealtime, because I say, well, I can serve your food when our space is cleaned and I can Uh wait as long Uh as it takes. Um, That has taken a fair amount of time for me to develop that kind of patience, but it has really helped that they're motivated by hunger and I am, I'm not angry. I'm not yelling, but I'm also not serving their food until they have helped with the job. (laughs) Uh Uh 
when I look at her, her uh, statement where she's talking about not sweating the Mm -hmm. small stuff, I'm, I'm instantly clued into, well, it's the mom, it's Mm -hmm. me Mm. who is sweating. You know, the kids don't, the kids don't have a sense that it's a big deal Mm -hmm. at all. And I'm the one that's raising this flag of (laughs) this is nuts. This is crazy. (laughs) And I can't stand this. And, and I'm the one with the elevated, um, you know, just anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anxiety, frustration, it just comes out in all kinds of different ways. And when I can, when I can start feeling like my, the, the skin on the back of my neck is starting to prickle mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I know that I'm getting frustrated with the, the same things that happen every day, every day. I've, I feel like I address the same issues. I just have to stop and go, um, silly mom is coming out right now because I just mm-hmm. can't, I can't be mad mom all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't be frustrated mom. I just don't feel like it is, is helpful in getting little people to do yeah. what I want them right. to do. I mean, not, not just that what I want them to do, but if I want them to be healthy, well-adjusted people, I have to show them that it's like, yeah, we're going to make messes. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing over and over. And we're going to learn the same things over mm-hmm. and over. How many of us have learned the same thing over and over and over, you know, in life? And you just have to, you just have to let it just be silly about it or, or find some kind of. I want to talk about silly mom for a second, because I love that you said that, Jenny. And because I know you so well, I know how silly you can be. And it is really engaging, even (laughs) for an adult. Um, I have experimented with this. I am not silly by nature. I really have to work hard at it. But if my kids are totally tuned out and not listening to a word that I say, I will turn on just a goofy voice or I'll start to sing opera style, whatever the directions might be. (laughs) And their faces do light up like they turn to me. It's like, (laughs) bing. And so I think there is something to that. Um, It's totally not what I want to do when I'm so irritated that they're tuning out everything that I say, but, um, it is a really nice way to turn the the mood around. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like that's really funny because when I do that, maybe this is a clue that I do it a little too much because my kids are always like, stop singing mom <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So, oh, so <laughs> and so I, I have to think of other ways. So I, I like turn into an animal yeah. or something and I start like, so like crawling across the floor at them and, and just playing, you know, and it, and it totally, their guards just go crashing down Mm -hmm. when, when they see mom on the floor, on all fours, growling and, you know, chasing them around or whatever. And, and it's all in fun, of course. That's really good, Jen. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I want to turn our conversation towards the self-care questions. There were a couple of them in there. Um, Just talking about how do we communicate with our husbands or prioritize self-care and the necessities of just not forgetting ourselves. And Lynn, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. I would love to. Yeah. So I uh, do enjoy a a date night with my husband once a week, uh, pretty consistently for the past, um, seven years. And our oldest is, uh, about to turn 10. So there were three years in there where we didn't have it figured out about how to do date nights. But, um, I just, I think it's super important. And I mean, I think that's another podcast really, but, um, the first, I think the first thing I want to say about date nights is to Mm -hmm. just do them like, 
do it. (laughs) um, Yeah. I mean, there's obviously, you know, you have to find a reliable babysitter and it has to be, you know, work schedule wise, it has to work. And even financially, of course, it has to fit in the budget and stuff. But I think so many of the moms that I talk to in my own circles, they actually uh, do not have a lack in any of those areas. They just don't do it. And Mm -hmm. And so it's, I, I would, I mean, if you don't have the money to get a babysitter, then that I understand that. And then you do the creative date nights Mm -hmm. at home or whatever, but, um, it makes me sad to, you know, to think about people who do have the means or the time or whatever. And they just don't, because I don't know, because it's hard to let someone else put your kids to bed or it's, you know, you have to pump or you have to, um, put their jammies out beforehand or meal plan beforehand. I mean, there's a million excuses, but, um, I think that when you, commit to doing that for your husband, with your husband on a consistent basis, that the rewards are just overwhelmingly great. And it could just be as simple as just saying, you know, let's just do once a month for the next few months. And, um, and my hope would be that, you know, you begin to start looking forward to that day to make, to maybe where you say, well, let's do it twice Mm -hmm. a month, you know, or something like that. And, um, Yeah. I just, uh, we don't even think about it anymore. I mean, seven years is a long time. So Thursdays pop around and it's like, Ooh, okay. Where are we going? I mean, some nights it's literally target and Chipotle, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's really fun to go to target with your Mm -hmm. husband, ladies. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, uh, we actually had a whole series of date nights where we took pictures of where Mm -hmm. we were on date nights and it was target whole foods, Mm -hmm. Costco, Um, and there was another really rando one in there. It was hilarious. So anyway, yeah. So that's, that's kind of my spiel on date night. It's just so worth it. It's just, and we do that really differently at my house. We don't actually go out, which I think is more our personalities. We kind of like to be home, but we do really often, um, do our creative date nights in and the connection time, the communication time, um, that is not serious communication is more like, how are you? And I'd love to catch up about all the things that fly by in, in the week, you know, that um, we don't necessarily get a chance to just enjoy and talk about our dreams and talk about how projects that we are excited about have been developing. At least that's what happens at my house because I do lots of projects. Um, yes. And, you know, I think part of going back to the question that we asked that we were talking a little bit about self-care and it got moved into date night, which is a part of self-care. And I would love to talk also just kind of about the things that are personal um, for just a mom, how we can prioritize those things um, just so that we don't feel so spread thin that we don't have a fuse left. Recently, I have been part of a mops group um, in my town. And one of the things that someone brought up that just meant a lot to me somehow was, you know, to take time Mm -hmm. to make time for yourself. Um, And often as a mom with uh, a jillion kids, it seems in tow all the time, you're like, what is that? How do you get time? How do you make time? And she gave this example of this woman who was always so well-adjusted seeming, you know, and that it always seemed like she had a like a nail appointment or a, um, a spa appointment or some kind yeah. of luxurious thing, just 
waiting around the corner for, for, um, you know, just Mm -hmm. at the perfect time almost. And that, that just kind of sat with me. And I decided that I was going to buy a, a massage envy six months, you know, membership kind of a thing. So I get to go get a massage once a month, which is super luxurious to me. It's something I've never, ever done before. Oh yeah. Um, That's awesome. But it, but it is so nice. It is so nice to just like, I'm like, it's on the calendar. And my husband is so wonderful in that he just respects that time mm-hmm. for me to just go and do that. And, and I think that the, the part that it's like, not, not necessarily like going and getting a massage or going and doing something that costs money, but putting something on the calendar mm-hmm. as trite as that sounds yeah. like I don't have to schedule my own life sometimes, but just putting something on the calendar, because in truth, you do share your life with yeah. a bunch of other people who need you or, you know, just, and just respecting someone else's time by, by putting something on a calendar is a small way of ensuring that some time is going yeah. to be set aside for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's the, that's the hurdle that we have to jump over is just saying this mm-hmm. time I'm going here or I'm going to do this thing. And it doesn't have to be, a you know, drop a bunch of money to do it. It can mm-hmm. just be, I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble and sit and read all the books or the magazines and, and until it closes and then I'm coming home and, um, or whatever it is, but <laughs> cause I've done that too. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually one of my really like nice ways of getting some personal time. I feel like self-care for me, like I had to bust a myth about self-care a long time ago, which was, well, I'm going to go out there and do whatever I'm going to do. And I'm just going to be this new woman Mm -hmm. when I come home. And I, I'm just going to take this so valuable time that I've been given, you know, to be by myself or whatever it is. And maybe it was like, I fantasized about like what it was supposed to be, because let me tell you, I would go out and come back home and be like, I don't want to come home. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) it's all still there, like all of it, you know? And And it was just like, it was really this thing where I just, I didn't engage with it how I should or something like mm-hmm. that. So once I kind of said, so my self-care time is time for me to be creatively inspired. Mm-hmm. It is my time to, um, connect with friends. Sometimes it is a time for me to get a pedicure. Sometimes it's for me to take a nap in my car, in the parking lot of the pedicure place, (laughs) just as an example, not that this has happened, right? Not that this has happened. Um, when I was pregnant with someone, I can't remember which baby, um, I literally, the babysitter came. I do take a babysitter once a week to, um, to do these things, whatever it is, but she showed up and I said, hello, I'm going upstairs and I'm going to shut and lock my door and I will sleep. And I'll see you in three hours. And I did that. I literally went upstairs, shut the door, turned on the sound Mm -hmm. machine. And I went to sleep for three hours, which, um, which I was really proud of myself actually for doing, because like, it's hard. uh, You guys will understand. It's hard sometimes to just be like sleep now. Everything's fine. Um, so I just think like once we can shift our minds from this is this fantastical time where all the cares of the world will disappear. No, it really needs to be this time. That's just what 
you know, you need. maybe, yeah. maybe I, what I'm saying is you have to figure out what your self care is, right. right? Maybe the introvert extrovert thing. So I am an extrovert. I tend to be more extroverted. And so, you know, needing a friend for coffee is so life giving mm-hmm. to me, you know, but for someone else that might be like, Oh, I don't want to do that on my time off or whatever, you know? And so, and the other thing I just kind of mentioned time off is that it took me a a minute, a while, several years as a mom to understand that I, I don't get off. Like I don't get time off. My job is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which means that when I leave the house, I am still texting with the babysitter sometimes. Mm -hmm. Or if my husband is with the kids and he, you know, is wondering about something, then, you know, I'm still on. And I think that was a big realization for me personally and a bitterness that I had to get over where I was like, like, what the heck, man, this is totally my time to blah, blah. No, you know, I, I need to be on. And then as the, I have four children and I'm pregnant again, but as the babies come, there is also that thing where like, sometimes the little one has to come with me because they're nursing and I can't be away for three hours without a lot of, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. prep ahead of time. So that's sort of some of my thoughts on, on self-care. I think with self-care, the one thing I wanted to say is I do think like what you said, Lynn, we can set ourselves up where self-care has to look a certain way. And if it doesn't, we feel like we're failing at at it, even though we're attempting to do some of it. Um, I also love that you said just making some space somewhere where we acknowledge that we have basic needs that need to be filled, even though we're constantly setting those aside for our kids or for our husbands or you know, we kind of come at the end of the line in a lot of ways. But if we ignore those needs, our need for, you know, a reasonable amount of rest and a need for connection, um, that that really does um, cause our families to suffer if we have neglected our needs for long enough that our tanks are completely empty. And um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sometimes guilty of that. I do mine by like over committing to projects that I love to do and then not resting. Mm-hmm. I did want to talk about um, another question uh, from Emily Green. She said, what rhythms and routines feel more priority in terms of being consistent and which feel more negligible? Are there some areas of managing a home and raising kids on which consistency feels crucial regardless of how a mama is feeling. This one kind of cut me to the to the quick. Yeah. Let me tell you because I am really I'm a homeschooling mom and I have my older three home with me. All three. Um, this is the first year. The little the five year old is kindergarten, and um, I feel like and this is going to sound terrible, but homeschool almost becomes the negligible mm-hmm. item sometimes to be consistent mm-hmm. with because you know, when we have this time together and as we are learning and growing together, sometimes it's just not the right time to be like, well, take out your math while you're screaming about X, Y, or Z that your brother did to you or whatever. You know, it's really about saying, you know, that can wait and we can snuggle on the couch and read a, a picture book together. And the reason I say this cuts me to the quick is because I am the type A homeschooling mom in my mind. I'm like, no, no, we do school every day. Get your high knees in your chairs. Let's go. Um, and so I am very much learning how to be flexible Mm -hmm. on this one. And I know this translates to other areas for moms who don't homeschool as well. I mean, I just think that sometimes the routine and the schedule and all the stuff 
is negligible sometimes. It really is to just yeah. throw it out the window. What do you guys think? I kind of feel the same way um, because, it, you know, when you're talking about like, what are, what is the, like the bare bones stuff that needs to mm-hmm. be done in order for the day to, to go on. And it's really like, does everybody end the day feeling loved? Does everybody end the day feeling like that was a pretty mm-hmm. decent day? Do they have something positive mm-hmm. to take away from it? Um, I don't do know, Jen. Something? I would press you on that. I would press you on that because I really don't know if my kids go to bed every night saying, you know, that they had a, a pretty good day or an okay day or whatever. I don't, I don't really ask them that, but I, I just press you on it because I think that the value might be more in like, um, did I respond to them the way that I was responsible to respond to them, you know, or did yeah. I go to them and ask for forgiveness if I needed to, because I was really not a great mom at one point or something like that. But yeah, I, absolutely. Keep going. Well, just to like, like what you're saying is like, life isn't always rosy, of course. Yes, um, yeah. and, and I guess what like, I'm trying to say is like, at the end of the day, did you apologize for, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, did you apologize for all of the things that you did wrong? <laughs> you did a bunch <laughs> of things wrong. Or, or did you enjoy the time? What did you learn about the day? You know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, I, I guess I just want to reiterate again, that I just feel like our, our ideas of what do we have to, what do we have to do, have to do, have to do. It's like, we just have to love our people. Right. You know, we just have to show love and, right. and, and do what we can to encourage them to show that love too. And a lot of times they don't necessarily know how to do that. We don't necessarily know how to do that. We kind of fumble along and find our way. And I just feel like at the end of the day, for me, I just have to make sure that I have shown my children love mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, if I've done that, then check it off. And I've, and I have been successful yeah. with the day, <laughs> you know, um, I'm with you on that whole wholesale. I so agree. There's another yeah. question that came up. Um, Sarah Capri also talked about how, um, earlier on in her parenting, she read books that stressed consistency to the point that she was terrified to ever bend or change because, the overbearing emphasis on consistency had convinced her that if she wasn't 100% consistent, that she would lose her children's hearts. Um, and so she asked uh, if we could talk about how to balance consistency with being flexible. And I have things to say about this, so I might jump right in. <laughs> um, and yeah, go for I, it. I do think that consistency is important for our kids. They need to know what to expect when they wake up in the morning. What's the day going to look like? And when it comes to behavior, what is expected of them and all those things. Um, One of the things I've grown really passionate about um, as I have grown as a mama is really giving my kids the gift of language and helping them describe their feelings and talk about what they need. And I've done that largely by explaining to them how I feel and what we have coming up and just verbalizing a lot of the steps that happen through the day um, so that there's no like my mind that is completely full of things that they have no idea what's going on in my mind. Like I say to them, okay, two hours from now, we're leaving for this thing. Everyone needs to have shoes on, coats by the door, grab your lunch, you know, I want you to be ready 10 minutes early. I mean, I verbalize all these things to them. And it's not that we're 
always on time, but we're on time a lot of the time, which is kind of remarkable for how many people we have involved. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I just think that verbalizing and communicating and teaching them how to communicate um, as well is really helpful in a family system. I also think that I have become a lot more flexible about everything. Um, I think flexibility is a requirement for consistency to have um, the desired effect (laughs) because if you are completely inflexible, like inflexibility does not equal consistency. It it just means that you have lost yeah. everyone's attention and interest because you're not even being nice anymore, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I try to, like, as I have just brought up the example of getting my kids out the door, I know which of my children will not be ready 10 minutes before. And I kind of look out for them and I say, (laughs) here's your shoes, get them on, you know, like, and kind of give them special attention with how do we go about this process, which, you know, I think earlier in my mothering, I would have been a lot more like, I told you, get your shoes on, you know? Um, And now I just, I feel like with some time and realizing that that does not work. It just makes me more angry and the whole thing less fun. Um, Just finding a way to see each one of our kids where they're at and what kind of support they need from us. I think in almost every case makes things better. Um, You know, and that's hard because back to the fairness Mm -hmm. conversation, there are some of our children that will on a daily basis receive a little bit more of our attention because they need it. And that's not entirely fair, but it is kind of necessary in some cases. I just want to echo what you were saying about um, Mm -hmm. just setting people up for success. And, and, you know, when, when you have to be flexible, as I've, <laughs> I tend to be rigid. And when I, when I put out, you know, kind of the parameters for the day and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm terribly consistent with it over and over and over. My kids know, like, this is what we do in the afternoon. And I look forward to it because it happens all the time. And when it doesn't happen, we kind of have the propensity for meltdown time to happen. And but mm-hmm. sometimes we have to like do other things, right? Sometimes we can't have, you know, book, mm-hmm. we can't read books before bed every night or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, in which case I, in which case I, I totally try to set my kids up for success by um, mm-hmm. what you were describing, Emily, and just talking mm-hmm. to them about what, what's happening and, and not to just, you know, drag them along behind, um, and just say, yeah. come on, come on, come on, and not really explain what's happening, but to just say, here, here's yeah. how the day is different than normal day. And so I tend to, when I do that, I really see that I have a lot more compliance with my yeah. kids and that they're like, okay, no, no problem. And they see that as, you know, it's like just communicating is so yeah. important. Well, it really honors the child for them to be brought in on like the plan for the day. And um, it doesn't mean that every child will fall in line and be like perfectly ready to do everything you've asked. Um, but it does give them an opportunity to grow. It, it gives them an opportunity to succeed. And I just love having those opportunities to say, wow, you did a great job preparing for this or, you know, following through on something that I'd asked them to do. And I really try to make a huge deal about when they have done that. And I've only asked them one time. 
And I think they love, you know, just receiving our praise when they have really earned it um, can go a long way in establishing a habit. I wanted to say, too, about being flexible to just to just be flexible. I know that sounds really kind of redundant, but I think that that if you're asking yourself how to have a balance between consistency and flexible, Mm -hmm. you're probably the person, the mom who's tending toward that more rigid side. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I would just say to her, just do it. Look for opportunities to be flexible. I would even say throw some wrenches into your day for the kids. That is like you would know about them, but throw them into your day and say, you know what? We, we're not going to do that. And this thing over here is what we're going to do. And look, everybody's still alive or whatever it is, you know, like uh, maybe I wouldn't say that, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a practice, right? Like when we are yeah. doing exercises and we stretch and whatever, like you have to be, you have to keep doing that in order to be flexible. So you have to be consistent with being flexible. Yes. Um, mm, that's really good. So yeah. Awesome. Well, ladies, this has been a great conversation and there are a few questions that we couldn't fit in this time, but I don't want to go too long. So thank you for giving your thoughts and input and we'll try this again sometime. It was really fun. Sounds good. A lot of fun. Yeah. Good questions. I hope you enjoyed the conversation about consistency. I feel like there's so much more we could discuss on this topic. I think being a consistent parent is important for our children to know what they can expect from us. But I also think there's a lot of pressure on moms for that to look a certain way. And when it comes down to it, I don't think consistency is as important as our connection and communication with our kids. If we can be consistent in those two areas, I think we can count on solid family relationships and growth in other areas because of the trust that is built and the bond that is forged as a result. Some of you subscribe to the Kindred Mom email list and have downloaded the guide we put out there called Manage the Mayhem of Motherhood, 52 Ideas to Help You Flourish. It comes with some bonus printables, including a meal plan chart that I use every week and a list of age-appropriate chores for kids. If you have not subscribed, you can get your copy by going to kindredmom.com bonus. I just finished creating another resource that I will be sending out to our subscribers later this month called 11 Ways to Minimize Holiday Stress for an Intentionally Calm Christmas. This one contains all my best tips for navigating the holiday season with a sense of peace, and I'd love to have the opportunity to share it with you. So please go pick up the 52 ideas to help you flourish. And once you're on that list, you can look out for the new resource to show up in your inbox as soon as I send it out this month. Mamas, may we embrace the wonderful, messy, surprising, and rewarding role of motherhood, even though we do so through sleeplessness, loneliness, sacrifice, uncertainty, and struggle. May we seek to honor our unique, brilliant, curious children with our attention and love, asking for help when we need it, and supporting each other without judgment. May we celebrate the courage and beauty we see in other women and hold to the belief that motherhood is not a competition, but it is instead a connection we share as each of us do the best we can for our families. May we see beauty in the mess, find joy in the small things, and celebrate all our victories, large and small.